and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Everyone and welcome to another one of these live question and answer sessions. Um, this or this afternoon, I'm absolutely thrilled to have a, a recent new friend of mine, Adele Marie. Um, we met actually in the Professional Speakers Academy, which is a business um, training group that I became part of last year that has literally transformed my life. And I have met the most amazing people as a result of it. And um, Adele is one of them. Um, so welcome, Adele. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm You're very welcome. Yeah, um, um, I asked Adele along, just in case you're thinking, why is this lady here? Um, because she doesn't ride horses. Um, but I asked her along because she's a real expert in anxiety and also in the mind-body link, which is a huge part of anxiety and nerves. And obviously, something that I work with all the time with lots of you guys is getting over anxiety and nerves, feeling confident and um, performing at your best. So I thought, I know. I'll ask Adele along to a live Q&A and she can give us some of her pearls of wisdom. So this afternoon, we're going to be having lots of questions about anxiety and all sorts of things, as well as chance to have a few hints and tips, maybe a couple of little exercises we can do um, to take away and also a chance to find out more from Adele as well. So we'll be talking to uh, you about that later on. So, okay. so I think the first thing then is just tell us a little bit about yourself, Adele, and how it is that you came to become such an expert in anxiety and the mind body link. Right. Okay. so um, I will give you a brief overview. Um, It started when I was 10 years old, actually. Um, The link between mind and body became really obvious to me although I couldn't articulate it at 10. Um, my mum was the third woman in the country to have what was then stomach stapling and she nearly died. Um, my mum was obese and um, yeah it was when they were kind of testing out that whole weight loss surgery business and I remember my mum's belief was that I was going to end up like her and I would end up having a weight problem and I remember being so defiant because I was a rebellious little sod (laughs) and I was I remember looking at her in a silhouette in the kitchen window and thinking I am never going to end up like you and I didn't and I did everything that I could you know I started running cross country I turned myself vegetarian at 16 I then had to justify in my farming family why I was vegetarian my whole family went into meltdown when I was 16 what are we going to do with this child <laughs> you know <laughs> what, what do we even feed her anymore um but I, I researched absolutely everything and then later on when I really got into self-development in a real passionate became absorbed um obsessed with it I I was able then to articulate that my mom really didn't need to keep going on these awful diets and sabotaging herself with what was going on physically actually she really needed to do the mental emotional work I did I remember being such a a young you know like in my teens and sitting on her bed and think saying mom come on come go to the gym do some exercise with me let's let's do something and and so I, I I really got it and I, at first I often thought, did God put me in the wrong family, but actually put me in the perfect family so that I could learn what I learned so that I could understand then all about the mind-body connection. I then, um, in my late 20s, I went on a million different self-development courses, um, went to do personal training, then taught Pilates, did, um, after that, yoga teacher training. As you know, I still teach yoga, and that really reaffirms every single day for me the importance of mind-body connection. And then that's when I got into the coaching aspect and really needed to understand the mind. And so I did NLP, NLP Master Practitioner, and then clinical hypnotherapy since then. So it has been like a lifelong journey, and it has... And it, my passion for it, obviously, I'm getting really excited about it as I'm talking. Um, my passion for it is not just my passion. It's not what I do. It's who I am. It's why I was put on the planet. 
And so, yeah, so I'm really grateful for you having me here so that I can talk about something so freely that I'm really passionate about. And if I can pass on anything that I've learned over my time that I've had on this planet, then I'm really, really happy to share any knowledge for anybody that's listening. Amazing. Thank you. And it's such a, a, a fantastic story. I just love hearing people's stories about how they got to where they are. And, and, and that's, in fact, how we all met um, was exactly that, learning how to um, understand our story and why we are here. So um, can you tell us then a little bit about this thing we keep talking about, which is the mind-body link and why it's important? And obviously you don't ride horses, but we've chatted about it quite a lot. So you get kind of like why it's important to us as riders. But if, if there's any point, I'll interject with why it might be important as a rider, yeah, um, but for sure. Yes, okay. So, and, and again, it's all about energy and it's all about about the feeling of, of your body and the communication that you have. And I know as a rider, it'll be the communication that you have between your own, own physical body and the body of, of your, your animal, which is really important. The deeper that you know yourself and the more connected you are to your physical being, the more um, you're connected to other beings. So I'm the same with my with my human clients, for example. But this would it would be exactly the same as how, if you know yourself and you can connect to your own physical way of being and understand the nuances of your own physical self. What each pain or twinge or um, even your emotional feeling. You have two lots of. of of feelings we have the the physical feeling in our body and we have the emotional aspect of, of what we feel um, and so if we become really aware of that then we can process that and and make sense of it and therefore the action that we take because of that processing and because of of the understanding of the feeling would then um would determine the outcome so whether you have a great ride or a really crappy one <laughs> and it's a very similar we were talking about this earlier on you know I can compare all this to to yoga classes sometimes we'll have an amazing class where everything flows and we can stand on our heads and breathing magnificently and we feel like these graceful magnificent beings and the other time you like falling all over the place and it's just like horse riding right you can't get your rhythm right and you're my breathing's all out of kilter and you where's my right hand and my left hand and why why are parts of my body talking to each other you know and isn't it like it's it's how we do one thing is how we do many things so the the more connection that we can have with our own physical our own physicality the better it will be to, to be able to not only ride magnificently at but do business magnificently, connect to other human beings magnificently, and just do everything magnificently. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Who wouldn't want to do all those things magnificently? <laughs> so it's all, it sounds to me then that your take on it is all about knowing your body really well and, and really being able to listen to it. It's yes, it's very much the listening to it and becoming quiet within that. And, and again, a couple of things here, it's having the tools. How do we listen to our body? You know, making sure that, I think it's so important that we have these daily rituals in place where we can actually sit and listen to our body. Um, in my yoga classes, and, and you were there this morning, I ask my clients to do a, an internal body scan. And I ask them to close their eyes and take their gaze inside of themselves so that they can, like, how are your shoulders looking and feeling from the inside? How's it, how, what's going on with your belly and your stomach and your digestive system? How is everything going okay? Does it all feel okay? How are your hips feeling this morning? You know, and to be able to, um, to really observe your physical body and then from their process as I said before and really understand what does it mean that my hip feels slightly out what does it mean that actually that my right lower ribs feel like they're pulling a little bit so I feel like I'm twisted in some way 
And again, this all, whether you're on your yoga mat or on your horse, it's the same thing, right? Because you know if you've got something going on, but actually most people have no idea that they're out of kilter. Most people do not realize when they are not at ease in a, in a very slight way. It takes many, many people years to fully go through the process of, of listening, of understanding, and then knowing what to do with the information of what their body is communicating to them. But by that time, sadly, it's normally a trip to the doctors and there's normally some kind of, you know, medication involved, which is why I like to get in there <laughs> with my clients um, to, and get to right to the bottom of it, cutthroat, let me get right to the bottom. Never mind years in therapy, let's spend two hours with me and let me smash it out and let's, let's heal, heal. In a fun way, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's never a dull moment around you, Adele. It's bizarre. Like, like, like it's bizarre. I really, like, I, 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 since I've been dealing with predominantly anxiety and depression, I've been dealing with, like, all kinds of abuse and things that are really serious matters. But therapy doesn't have to be really serious. And I, we spend a lot of our lives being serious. So actually you can have really profound transformation when you're laughing and, and you know, not to make light of these, these intense issues, but yeah, I, the way that I, I teach my course and the way that I um, serve my practitioners who have already trained under me and the way that I deal with my one-to-one -one clients, <laughs> you know, is, is I suppose, um, unique in a fun way. It's always going to be unique around you, Adele, without any doubt. And it's always lots of fun. You've got amazing energy to be around. So one of the things that I want to ask you a bit more about then is you said that people are really used to not being at ease. Like they don't like we just get used to things. Don't we? It's a bit like if we were to think about our horses in this respect, they might have something going on and they start to kind of compensate for it because they don't understand what it is. And then they start compensating and then they end up with another issue because they're compensating for it. And they, they definitely don't really get what's going on. They just know that there's something not quite right. And actually for them quite often, that can be quite a scary thing, which is why they, they then end up sometimes with behavioral issues as a result of it. But um, what is this idea you said about not feeling at ease and what it's like to feel at ease and, and how do we actually potentially stop that before it is a trip to the doctors because the thing about us horse riders is that we will happily get a physio a chiro a farrier um whatever whoever to look at our horses to sort them out they get the best feed the best kit the best equipment we look after every single part of their body and then we walk around absolutely crocked you know um bad backs bad hips bad shoulders everything like that because actually we prioritize them and you know more and more i think now riders are fully aware that our bodies are just as important and that we're going to throw our horses out if we don't look after ourselves and then that throws all the money we spent on their body work out the window but yeah. you know it's really interesting this idea of ease so tell us a bit more about it how we can prevent the trip to the doctors or anything like that Oh, so funny, Jen, that you say that because I have loads of horse riding clients and I literally <laughs> bang my head against the wall. They like, like to, to, to get them signed up on a coaching course. It's like extracting blood out of a stone to try and get them to pay for themselves. Yeah, like this lady was like, adamant that she would get lots and lots of hay and all of this. And I was like, oh my gosh, darling, you're, you're like, you're falling to pieces. <laughs> but it, yeah, so I, and there's been several of my clients that, so I get that, that what you do. Um, so yeah, being at ease, it's really, really important. What I think is the most important thing for you to do is to lift your standards for yourself and ha have as high standards of yourself as you do for your horse. And I and so I've done a lot of work with self-esteem because um, many people with anxiety or, or mood management um, issues have have historically struggled with self-esteem issues and the same goes here you and 
we have to think of our ch- our children the same as our horses, right? Because I can imagine that the relationship's pretty similar. And there's so many women, like hundreds that I coach now, um, that get to their like 40s and they, their kids are leaving home and they're kind of like, well, my body's shot to pieces, I'm overweight, I'm unfit, my relationship's in the dustbin. And it's because they have put their children first all of their lives. And then to come back from that is so much work. So, and so I I mean, my reference point to that is is that because I can see I'm I'm more familiar with that. So, So the thing is to really, I think you have to be quiet you've got to meditate every single day so that you can become aware when something is not okay when it's the the first signs of your back twinging or the first signs of your your heart racing when it shouldn't really race before an event where, where to understand fully when your body isn't responding in what's normal for you so you can nip it in the bud quickly because um and this is something that's so important repetition is more powerful than anything so as i'm teaching resilience coaching at the moment we're talking about building resilience through repetition now you guys as horse riders you repeat your stuff a lot you know daily because you ride your horses daily so if you're doing something and it started with a tiny little out of some out of kilter out of if your hips aren't right and it starts over time you're going to compound that and it's going to move you know the compound curve like over the next two months you might not even see, feel, or be aware of it. But over the next two years, it's going to start to increase and go up the curve to the point where something is really wrong with yourself, whether it's um, physically in your own, own space, in your own physical space, with your horse and its behavior, or yourself in your own mental and emotional well-being, where then the impact of that will be catastrophic because of you've imprinted it into your unconscious mind day in, day out, and then you're left with a, oh crap, how the hell am I going to reverse this stuff? When it could be all avoided by you really being aware, awareness is key, but until you get to know yourself, your body, your mind, your become aware of your own emotions and how and how they're all linked, until you get there, then you will often not even over overlook is maybe uh, I, I may overlook. I'm going to use that word, <laughs> but, but there's many other words because. It can be convenient sometimes on a subconscious level that we don't notice those things. If you're somebody who has a self-sabotaging history. And that's where I'll end that one. <laughs> Before that's I turn down a rabbit hole of yeah, something yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, no, we're staying up today. We've only got an hour. <laughs> so one of the things that, I mean, I, I love what you were just saying there because um you know with my clients they have to spend time with me I don't just do one-off sessions here and there they don't work and one of the things is is working out the patterns finding out what's going on for them the fact is already they've decided to do something about this which is great you know like you say they're not the people that aren't investing in themselves they really are and then um once we've then uncovered the patterns, played about with them, sorted them out, and what have you, then mindfulness is a huge part of this because it's spotting when that little bit is trying to come back in again. And it's going, oh, oh, uh, hi, I'm just going to try and raise my head here. And before it takes over again. Yeah. And so even at the top level of this sport, you, you call it meditation, I call it mindfulness. It, it's a similar ilk, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. about being present and just stopping and listening for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And, and doing that, 
it, what we say is when you're in flow, when you're in peak state, so you do flow yoga, don't you? When you're in flow and you're in peak state and you're able to just process, that's how you need to be to ride the best you can ride because you catch things before they happen. So you're able to readjust and make a, a, a change and check your horse or push it on or notice something before it's even happened or as it's about to and check it. And, you know, you see you, you feel you feel the spook before it's even happened. So you've dealt with it and things like that. So that idea of being in peak flow in peak stake and, and in being in what we call congruence which yeah. is mind and body are fully connected and 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 one's not out kilter with the other yes that's a lot of what you do when you do your yoga and things like that isn't it that that kind yeah. of idea so tell us a little bit more about that and then in a minute we're going to get onto some anxiety stuff but just to finish so off that for me you just encompassed the word alignment and and that works perfectly with what both you and I do, you know. So for me, I teach people to be aligned with who they really are and who really are is something really freaking magnificent, right? And this is exactly, you teach people how to be in alignment with themselves and their, their animal, their horse, right? And so, yeah, it, there's a... It's, it's, it's just really, really important. When you're in that state, like you say, you can preconceive the issues that are gonna be in front of you or anything that's oncoming, but to be in that state takes work and it takes practice. So um, for example, to really work on daily, uh, what I call, well, what is known as pranayama practice, and that's breathing, yoga breathing. Um, and everybody, everybody that I've taught yoga to who's a rider, wow, when they start to really breathe in, in so that their whole body is in congruence with their horse and you're able to listen to your own breath and that's the best way really for you to be in the present moment so again a really great tip um if this is something that you that you don't teach already is to really work on the breath and so before you get on on your horse to spend five ten minutes every single day checking in with your breath really expansive breathing and feel free to point your guys to a couple of my uh, youtube videos that i've already recorded about breath um to be able to master the breath is something so incredible that they talked about reaching they the old yogis five thousand years ago they talked about reaching alignment through breath alone and there's a saying in in yoga when we master our breathing we master our thoughts and as coaches we know when we master our thoughts we master our life so for me breathing is so damn powerful so whether it's coming out of anxiety whether it's beating nerves whether it's a daily practice to build your own resilience then breathing is transformational, like absolutely transformational. So if you don't already have a breathing practice, what I would say, like do something really simple, set your alarm on your phone, turn it upside down, sit and first thing in the morning, head, neck and spine in a straight line and just breathe expansively right down into your belly. And that what, what that will do is will stop you immediately worrying about anything that may or may not happen in the future and ruminating about any old blooming bull crap that happened behind you that's in the past, you know, that's not even relevant, which is what generally we do when stress comes into play. And so if you want to bring yourself into the present moment, the best thing that you can practice is conscious breathing. And so that would work so well with anybody who rides, because then from knowing, from being in the present and being totally present, present in your own physical being, but also present in the moment, then you have your awareness. Add that into your peripheral vision, where you're watching everything and just being very aware couple that with being in nature and on this magnificent being, gosh, I say magnificent a lot, <laughs> but that's why my podcast called Standing Your Own Magnificence. 
brilliant. So, um, so yeah, when you're in with this magnificent being, to be present in the breath, in the moment, in nature, like, wow, how, how much better can that be? I think I'm going to have to start riding horses. <laughs> I've just convinced myself. I, I warned you about that. Whenever it was, we were doing yoga session and you said something about somehow you're getting chickens or something. And I said, you wait, Adele, you'll be having horses soon. You said, don't be rude. I think you said something very rude, actually, to me. And I, I just thought, mm, we'll see. We'll see. It's coming. I can tell they're drawing you to them. We had horses as, as kids, before, you know, my granddad was a farmer, um, but um, I can imagine that, wow, there's no better feeling than really being present and you'll know, you know, and everybody who's listening, I'm sure, has had that experience of really being in in that moment where there's no better feeling and there's, you're, in, you're just in nature. You're, you're just being. And this is what's really beautiful about this is it's not being where you're like we did yin yoga this morning, for example, where we're consciously, let's be, let's be still. It's, it's, it's moving, it's doing something, but actually being in this wonderful presence, right? So, so it's even more powerful because you're changing something consciously and cognitively, yet you're doing it physically. And that really is the most powerful way to learn anything is, is to embody it, right? And that truly is where we get to when, when we really get deep into what the mind-body link is isn't it it really is the fact that your brain affects your body and vice versa and you can trick one or the other into it and breath is such a beautiful way of and we're, i'm going to ask you about anxiety in a moment because yeah. breath is such a wonderful way of stopping the brain being in a certain state what we call it isn't it a certain way of being yeah. um using something physical in order to do it it just kind of wipes through that and i just wanted as well to say that you you hit the nail on the head perfectly with the idea of when we're in what we call flow when we're in that partnership with our horse, that's why we riders ride, because there is nothing better than being in true harmony with your horse, doing whatever it is you're doing, whether that be a dressage test, whether that be out cross country, whether that be galloping with the herd out hunting, whether that just be out poddling for a walk in the woods, whatever it is, there is nothing that can come close to being at one with your horse and feeling it there that is why we are all crazy passionate about it. it's not even a sport it's a lifestyle yeah, um so yeah so um we have got a couple of questions come in but i think you're going to answer them when we get onto the this piece about anxiety because a lot of people especially at the moment are in high states of anxiety they're in high states of alert um you know can can you just tell us a little bit about your thoughts on anxiety and I have some really strong feelings about it as well in in that I don't feel you need to go down the medication route there might be people that have and you know all right fine that they have um, and they need to be very careful if they're going to come off that kind of thing but actually I think that's unfortunately just the way things have happened as opposed to a necessity nowadays so many people my real bugbear my I'm going to get on my little soapbox now is People who call it my anxiety, they say, oh, my anxiety is this, my anxiety is that, I am anxious, I am that. And, and I'm always saying to people, no, it's, firstly, you don't own it, it's not yours. If it were yours, can you get rid of it? Because it would be that simple. But secondly, it's not the way you are or who you are, it's a feeling. And, and feelings are temporary, they come and they go. Now that's not to say they're not real, are they? I mean, they really are real when we're in a state of God. And I, you know, I still get it. I get anxious, I get nervous, I get worried. I get, I'm all over the flipping shop this week. I don't know what's going on, but I wouldn't say it's because I am anxious. I am a human being who experiences anxiety at times when I don't know what's gonna happen and I don't feel in control. So can you tell us your thoughts and because you're a real expert in this um, yeah. about anxiety? Yeah, so, oh gosh, we could really go on to in one here. Um, 
Yes, great, great subject here. So, and I so agree when people start to talk about my anxiety, it's then becomes the, the identity of who they are. And we will hold on to that identity at the detriment of our health and well-being. Now, nobody wakes up and says, oh, I'm going to be really anxious today. Let's choose anxiety. You know, if you've ever had anxiety, it feels bloody awful. It's horrendous. You know, your heart's beating, your mind, you can't seem to control it. You can't focus. You don't get anything done. You can't relate to the person that you're with or your partner or your kids. It's a blinking nightmare. But, um, yeah, people have started to become, they've started to identify with that whether it's let's label it as anxiety depression gosh there's so many labels and it becomes a thing for them so let me just tell you about I'll just tell you a little story if that's okay about a, a young woman a wonderful human being that came to see me last year and she was just one that was like I love I love what I do so much she was 19 and she'd been traveling and she'd had an accident and she'd broken a bone and she was in um, a foreign country and the doctor then told her that he thought that she had got depression and that she was anxious and that she came and while she was she was only 19 she was trying to sort out everything that you're trying to sort out when you have an accident on holiday, which is quite stressful as a, as a young person. And then she came back, she, um, she obviously, there was stuff that had gone on in the teenage life that she'd not made sense of and not understood. Unless we have a therapist or go to load or, or read or become obsessed, like I did, um, then we have no idea how to use this thing that we call our mind inside of ourselves so of course she had taken on somebody else's beliefs that I am anxious I need to be medicated for the rest of my life the medication then really impacted her and made her feel worse and impacted her and, and created other other stuff and we really unpicked this in our first session and we were like I was like whoa okay so then you took that on as your belief. Now, let me just explain to you. Your brain is your best friend. It will always give you the information that you're asking it for. So if you're asking it questions like, why am I so anxious? Why am I it this way? Um, you know, what can I do today to make me feel worse about myself? You know, why aren't I good enough? And so basically then your brain will give you a load of rubbish to listen to and you will constantly keep finding the evidence to make you right about a belief. And so we really unpicked this and she was like, oh, wow. And it just totally transformed. And then she was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm not very good at communicating. So she'd obviously got herself down as an as a anxious bad communicator who struggles to have successful relationships with, with her family. And I was like, my heart was breaking for this poor young woman. She was 24 and been on medication since she was 19. I was like, whoa, hold on, stop it right here. Who told you that you were bad at communicating? And she said, oh, my family, it's kind of a thing. They told, they, it was a thing that um, the one I was like about 17. I was like, okay, at one, in, one point, you maybe didn't explain something in the way that they wanted it to be interpreted it then they told you it was you were a bad communicator you took that belief on and therefore instead of communicating to people you hide yourself away you don't say things so your needs don't get met and then that gets miscommunicated as depression she her life was changed because she was a very logical structured analytical person and she was able to go oh yes that was right oh yes that was right like two weeks later she came back to me and said I've really forgotten to take my medication should I be worried <laughs> and I was like whoa that like this is mad I mean she her parents she still lived with her parents and she's like I'm not going to say anything I'm going to leave it till I'm a few weeks down the line because I don't want them worrying unnecessarily 
and then we you know it was about five weeks later where we had the conversation about telling her parents that actually she'd not taken her medication because she'd simply forgotten to because she didn't feel the need to because really once we'd worked a few strategies out then she realized that it was just, she got herself into a process. Now, let me just tell you, I mean, my first book was called Permanent Weight Loss, simply because of all the, you know, experience I'd had with that area. There's a process. If you're going to become overweight, there's a process to get there. If you're going to get really fit and healthy, there's a process to get there. If you're going to become a really good rider, there's a process that you have to follow and a strategy and a structure, whether it's the physical aspect, the mental, the, the emotional and the spiritual, four aspects that I teach with everything. And so there's always a process. So if you become anxious, unless you have been diagnosed with something medically wrong with you. And I'm not saying that you've been diagnosed with anxiety or depression because that's often a mental uh, thing, not a physical thing. So I'm gonna like separate things. Unless you have got a chronic disease in you already, then I am going to say, if you've got your state into a, self into a state of anxiety, it's a process that you unconsciously, unconsciously followed and then you keep getting the same stuff. We simply need to unpick your processes, put it back together so it works and you start to feel happier, relaxed, more content, more confident, whatever the outcome is that you want, instead of anxiety, it is a simple, well, not a simple, because sometimes with, depending on how long you've struggled with it, it is a process that we can unpick. You do need somebody else to undo this with you, a coach. You will need to work with somebody unless you've got, you're gonna dedicate your next 20 years of your life to sorting your own stuff out. Coaches need coaches, right? We all have a coach. As a coach, you know, we invest a lot in our own personal development. And so, because we have stuff that we need to unpick too, guys, you know, we're still a work in progress. We haven't got this whole thing figured out. So, so I would say that to take an observational viewpoint, you do need somebody to work with you, but actually it's not hard. And this is the thing again, let me just give you one of my beliefs. And if you want to take it, then please borrow it from me until, you know, you, you want to, you want to create a whole new belief system for yourself because our beliefs are created from normally in between the ages of seven and 14, but many before then. Yeah. But we will be still living our life from our, our, our beliefs that were created at a young age. You know, I had this belief that I was thick and I was stupid and I would never amount to anything. You know, and also one of, like my family called me hopeless. So of course I didn't, I thought I was, I honestly, like this is part of my story as well, totally believed that I was hopeless. Instead, instead, in, until I actually consciously decided that, that I didn't want that belief anymore. So we can believe often that change is hard. We can believe that, um, well, to come out of anxiety is really tough. Actually, no, I'm not, I'm not giving you that belief. Like, that is not, I'm not, I'm not okay with that belief. So, screw you. <laughs> screw you to that belief. Like, this doesn't need to be hard, guys. What do you want to believe that will serve you? And the way to keep checking in on that, and again, mind-body connection, when something feels wrong in your gut, check in on it. Is it a belief that's no longer serving you? And then you ask the question, right? Is this belief still serving me? And if not, then what can I believe instead, which will give me a, a better emotional state, which will get then give me a better outcome or give me a better result in a competition or a better ride or a better state of being or something that's more productive, more resourceful and something that will support me in my mission to be a all round better human being. So. I'm just going to put it out there that you do not need to spend years and years and years changing. Yes, we can slip back into our old ways of being because sometimes that's where we get our certainty. And right now is very uncertain times. Nobody has a bloody clue what's going on. Um, in fact, I'm going to I'm going to share something with Jen, and it's a really funny um, 
summary of what's going on and you can share it to your group because I feel like laughing my head off today at it and I'll just put it in out there for a yeah I'll, t I'll, I'll drop it over to you and you can share it because we're, we're in uncertain times all of us our coaches you know our mentors our, our people that lead us our gurus our you know politicians people who lead in the country in the world they haven't got a bloody clue what's going on either but actually to to let's 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 um think about how we can be certain and just change your belief you know what am i going to be certain about today well i'm going to be certain that i can control my breathing i can be certain that um you know i can do some meditation and bring myself back into alignment i can be certain that fill in the blank and that that's how you can change easily I love you so much. We, that was perfect. Thank you. Because it's not it's not just me saying it. It's so nice when someone else agrees. And I know that both of us are um master practitioners of, of NLP. Um I'm a trainer, but it's the same thing essentially, you know. And um it comes from that, doesn't it? It comes from that understanding that actually it's all just what we say to ourselves. It's all just what we ask ourselves, it's all just what we repeat, what we create patterns out of and things like that. And although they might have taken a long time to get that way unconsciously most of the time you don't realize we're doing it they can actually change super fast and i love the fact that you've got on 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 there and completely said everything that i say as well because it shows that i'm not some complete weirdo or horrible horrible person that doesn't understand this it, it shows that you and i have both you know like helped people with this stuff by going hey do you know what you don't it, you can change that you want to you if you want to you can change it you've got to want to but it can be done. And, and I love that so much. Um, so thank you. That was the most the most perfect, if we're going to call it a rant, it was beautiful, the most perfect one ever, because, you know, hopefully everyone who's watching and who's listening to this will go, oh, hang on a minute. It's not just Jenny ranting on about this stuff. Maybe there's something to this then. Maybe, maybe, maybe actually this is the case. Maybe I can change if I want to. Do I really want to? Absolutely. There in lies the question. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, to, to bring it into the riding aspect and things as well is that if you call yourself a nervous rider, if you tell yourself, I'm not confident, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm a nervous rider, I'm not confident, then good, because you're going to be, have fun with that. You know, um, it might be getting you what we call a secondary gain. It might be getting you something There might be a reason why you're doing it, but it's not actually serving you in the long term because it's annoying you. It's getting you down. It's making you depressed. It's making you want to do something in your riding because you're so passionate about it that, and you love it but it's causing you distress. So wouldn't you rather get rid of it and, and change it? So thank you so much, Adele. I love the fact that you did that. Um, okay, so here's a question then. If people are on high alert at the moment and they're feeling anxious, what kind of things can they do right now to stop that? So I think you've also, you have talked about that, but just to make it really, really clear for people, what can they be doing? So there, there's a couple of things in here actually to build resilience within yourself. Um, and one thing is connect. You've got to keep connecting. You have got to keep going quiet. Whether we're calling this, uh, let's not put a label on it, but let's just connect to, and I know all of you guys are really earthy. So let's connect back to Mother Nature, yeah? So really, I'm, I'm doing at least twice a day. I start my day with a meditation, whether it's a quiet one, a guided one, or I listen to some music and just sit with it. And then, you know, some days I'm doing a meditation, even if it's 10, 20 minutes in the, in the afternoon as well. I'm really called into being still, being quiet. I'm really called into be careful and if you don't take any other anything from this conversation stop watching the news simple stop watching the news if i if you don't take anything else because it's not going to like it's we don't know the truth of any of it we're looking at that at what is going on and what's not going on through the lens of somebody else's eyes you owe it to yourself to not do that to yourself because it will affect your emotional state i when i watched the news a week ago last friday i was sobbing because you know my partner wanted to watch the news and i was like really do we have it, and it made me feel terrible and so you have to put your oxygen mask on first 
Look after yourself first. Yes, whatever's going on in the planet is going on in the planet. As long as you are okay, your immediate people that live in your house are okay. Um, you have got to put things into place to make sure that you are safe and you are well, but just spend that time connecting with yourself rather than the world through somebody else's eyes. So connection to yourself and being very mindful on what you allow into your unconscious unconscious mind is another thing. Um, and they're two really powerful things. Another thing is if, um, when we're in a state of fear, we can really transform this by um, creating something that's outside of us where we can contribute so that a sense of contribution is bigger than the fear that's holding us back. So although it's not um, safe, you know, if you've got a loved one at home who's a vulnerable person and you're not able to go and deliver fruit and veg to an elderly person or, or, or whatever, um, you know, contributional things are going on how can you who can you who can you support who can you support by sending them a text and saying hey last time I spoke to you um you weren't feeling too great and I just wanted to check up on you hey I know you're missing your horse how are you feeling today you know I know that things aren't normal for you or how are you today maybe just offering somebody a kind word or dropping them a text or um, I know it's even difficult to send somebody a thoughtful card because people aren't able to get to the post offices, but just something where you can feel that you're giving because that sense of connection then will, will draw us back um, to the state of love. Now, I teach this a lot. We've got two, now, two, we're very simple. We've got two emotions. We've got a space of love and a space of fear. Now, if you're in high alert, you're in fear. No question. What we've got to do is when we connect, keep connecting to your heart space. How could, like, think about the people that you love. Think about the your animal. Think about um, the love that you have for yourself and your journey and what you've learned from being on, on that journey and how you can then contribute from a place of love. So keep drawing yourself back into a place of love. So that's, again, connection and one of the six human needs. And then how can you contribute that, whether it's vocally, whether it's an act of service, whether it's an act of kindness, whether it's telling somebody that you love them or appreciate them, whether it's, um, you know, you know, I sent my niece 25 quid the other week because I know she was struggling. Something, you know, and it doesn't have to be monetary either. Uh, just whatever, something that's thoughtful, um, to, you know, anything just... To, how do you contribute in fact that's a really good question how is it that you can contribute you might want to write this down you know how can I contribute how is it that I can contribute to people who are even more feel fearful than I am and that where's your fear then because you're not connected to it you're coming from a place of love and so moment it's moment by moment um connection to the love space and if you notice again check in with your body because you will feel that fear because it, it, it for me it's right in my solar plexus as comes up as anxiety or in my chest as a beating heart so again mind body connection check in with yourself if you're in a state of fear then you've lost connection to yourself and may I even say your higher source I'm, I'm a spiritualist I'm not religious but I believe that we have a higher source. I connect to my higher source. If you're feeling fearful, excuse me, we have lost the connection to ourselves, to our true meaning and purpose, to our higher self, and to what we were put on this planet to do. And what we were put on this planet to do is really contribute and help and serve others. Thank you. I love that. And that's so much bigger picture than just riding as well, which is what it's all about, because... You know, the thing about this is, is horse riders come to me for help with anxiety or nerves or confidence or performance issues or whatever it is, but it's never about riding. <laughs> it's, it's about the fact they're a human being, funnily enough. So all this stuff is so relevant, so relevant. And one of the questions that actually came up was, 
when I'm anxious before I go and compete or I go and do something and I can't eat and I can't sleep and I can't do things. Now, I know what answer I'd give, but I'd be really interested to hear your answer on this. Having talked about what you've just talked about there, Adele, what, what would you say to someone when they're about to go and do something that hopefully, I mean, we do need to just check in that they are capable of doing because if they're yeah. fearful of it because they're not capable, then don't flip and do it, you know, yeah. like... But if they're fearful because it's unknown or they don't know if they're going to do very well or they're worried about other things and there's always so much more to it, then it's never fear of falling off. It never is. What would you say to them? What, so what I would say is the chemical in between anxiety and excitement is almost identical. So you can shift it really like it again, really easily. And what I want to really let you know is it's OK to feel anxious. It's a human experience. And to feel anxious is all right. When I go on stage and I'm about to speak, I feel like I'm, you know, like really nervous. Is that anxiety? Is it excitement? It just keep, yeah, keep doing it, but keep saying, I'm excited now. I'm excited now. It's your self-talk rather than, oh my gosh, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. Explosive, explosive. Just go. I'm so excited, this is exciting, it feels excitement in my body, you know, how can I make this work for me, this amazing energy, you know, I don't know, <laughs> but, but like, this is what you can really do, you can start to transform it, and then next time, it, you'll be able to associate it with excitement a little bit more, and then next time, you'll be like, oh yes, I'm really excited today, I'm really excited, Ooh, let's breathe into this excitement let's breathe into it and start to just like tweak it and transform it in, and so that that as soon as you start to feel that nervous excitement it just go yes it's okay to feel that nervous excitement if you didn't feel like that you're in the wrong place you're doing the wrong thing because it means you don't care so actually just accept the anxiety it's great for us to feel anxious it's great for us to feel anxiety it's one of those human emotions i'm an anxiety expert you think i don't feel it i'd be mental you know of course i do um i do still experience it if it's ongoing i know it's unhealthy and i need to address what's making me feel like that but in a moment when you're about to do something that's really important to you it's normal do not fear it allow it to be and transform it into, into excitement I love that thank you and it's so true that um, for most people that will be watching this there may be some professionals listening in as well and, and there may be something that their performance is based on but they've got to put that to one side and remember why they do this because yeah. the professionals all started because they love riding horses that's how they all started and that's why they continued in what is a really difficult sport so for the people where this is a hobby this is our passion we love it if you are getting to the point of you know so completely anxious that you are really not doing yourself any good whatsoever and you don't want to go and do whatever it is you're about to go and do then don't definitely come and see one of us because we will yeah. work out there's probably a traumatic experience that means you're in trauma state right then which is a very different thing to anxiety isn't it there's there's, there's subtle differences yeah, 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 yeah. but if you're just feeling nervous about something then yeah just remember like you want to do this like you have chosen to do this no one has made you yeah. and if there is someone making you you probably need to look into that as well but yeah amazing thank you so much I say amazing a lot by the way that's clearly my my word is amazing <laughs> So just so um, there are some people I know that are that are coaches or that want to become coaches, they're going through perhaps my accredited program or they're thinking of doing it. And I love the fact that yours segues beautifully with my program. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about the things that are available to anyone who wants to know more about this stuff. So anxiety release method was created because I simply got so good at getting rid of anxiety really quickly and I wanted to heal the world as quickly as possible and I can't do it by myself and so I created um it's called anxiety release method so I created a bunch of arms um that's that's, that's the acronym for it um and it's a, a combination of of life coaching of NLP of Eastern philosophies and neuroscience. It's an online program and it's supported by a private Facebook group where my practitioners get to have support, continued support of me. Um, it, the course is, 
it's really well rounded. It's all video and PDF. So for me, especially for somebody who doesn't like to read and write a whole, I need, I need, you know, I'm a kinesthetic person. I need to feel it. I need to experience it. And it's short video segments of each module. Um, and it's self-learning. So it's home, it's home, home learning. And it's amazing. I'm, also, I really help with my practitioners to find their clients and create their businesses. And it's mainly online. So in a time where people are worried about their incomes, um, so many people are anxious and so many people are now in a space where they can learn something and again, come from a place of contribution. So if you are wanting to contribute, it's, it's I'm so proud of what uh, I've created and also the, the they're all girls at the moment all my girls that have come through the program and what they are now doing and how they're helping their clients so so yeah that's that's it and there's also a whole section on sales and marketing which I think so many programs um, don't don't understand really the import. It's all right doing all of these qualifications and I've been collecting qualifications for 20 years, but I didn't know how to get clients. I didn't know how to position myself. I didn't know how to make a sales call or help people to understand the value of what they were investing in. And so that's something that I found that's really important. That I like to teach other people as well. So yeah, it's a whole well-rounded course that gives everybody the tools to, it's a real self-development journey as well. I always ask all of my practitioners, do this work yourself, and then it's a tool that you can give to your clients. Because I think we really have to fundamentally transform, even, you know, as I said, we're still transforming, you know, years later on a daily basis, weekly basis, however long, you know. Um, and so it's a real opportunity for you to grow and develop as a, as a person yourself, and that then which will impact your life, your riding, your business, whatever field it is, and then for you to then share that knowledge and those skills with other people. Great, thank you. So anyone who's doing um, any of my accreditations, they're definitely people that you want to hear from, aren't they? Because you said, you know, you only take certain certain people. Um, yeah, absolutely. Tell Everybody that comes through the course has a, a, a conversation with me um, simply because at the moment where, where I'm at, it's my baby, you know, it's, it's something that I've created and I'm very, very committed and determined that this will not only be a national but international brand. I have got somebody in the Netherlands um, who's a, a practitioner already and she's already seen clients. So I am more than a national brand, it's international. Um, I want this to be a brand where if you are going to see an anxiety release method practitioner, you know you are going to come out okay. And you, want, you know that you are going to get results because what I'm passionate about is, is results because there's so many people out there that are spending a lot of money on coaches, therapists, counsellors, and they're not getting the results in the time that they are wanting. Who wants to be in therapy for three years? I don't, sorry, I want it yesterday. So yeah, um, unfortunately, it's a business model that a lot of people take on, though, isn't it? Because if you can keep someone for that long, they keep paying you. So, yeah, but those of us that are working on the get you done, sort you out, off you go method. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me support you as and when. Yeah. You know, you know come back whenever, when you need me next. So you don't need to keep coming to back to me every week. No. Um, but, but the people that are, are I do enroll, I, I just want to speak to them to make sure that they're right, the right energy. And as I said, anybody that's in your tribe, I'm sure would be amazing. And they are then supported by me throughout um, with the with the Facebook uh, private group. So. Cool. So we'll put the link to that for anyone who's interested. So it really is for anyone who's already a coach. And I don't mean like a riding instructor coach. I mean like, um, oh, I hate the word life coach, but that kind of, you know, life coach type person. Well, um, yeah. And or I had any kind of like uh, counselling, even yoga. I've got a yoga teacher on it because obviously with the Eastern philosophies, they've all uh, they've already got an awareness of mind body connection. So it's not necessarily just for coaches, but people who have some background in uh, contribution, helping others, mind body connection. Cool. 
thank you very much. So, wow, I mean, I could, we could sit here all day and go off into all sorts of topics, couldn't we? Because it's just, we're both so passionate about it. I absolutely love it. And I, I love the fact that your passion comes through so strongly there. Um, so thank you so much, Adele. If people have got questions, we're going to put in your details so they can get a hold of you. Um, but you've got Facebook page of you? Yes, I've got a Facebook page, Adele Marie Coaching, and Instagram, I'm Adele Marie Coach. And my um, website is adele-marie.co.uk. Perfect. So anyone listening to the podcast, you can go look into those. And for everyone else, we'll put them in the comments so you can click on them. So thank you. We're going to end the live stream now. Um, it's been brilliant. Lots of people have put some lovely comments and things in as well. Thank and for uh, everybody who's taken the time to listen. I really appreciate you. Cool. See you guys. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening in to our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this? You got this? You know you're gonna rock this? Who got this? You got this? You got it, I'm like, yeah.